0: To investors. Bang, bang, good morning. The current economic climate continues to get worse as millions of people are filing for unemployment each week and GDP falls further. The U.S. government understands that that situation is dire, so they have done their best to inject liquidity into the economy. This has included various lending programs, asset purchases, and monetary stimulus packages directly aimed at helping businesses and individuals. The last stimulus package was approximately $2 billion. It was obvious at the time that it wouldn't be enough. I tweeted on March 27th $2 trillion won't be enough by the time this is over. At the time of the package, I explained where the money was going and why this entire exercise was hard. Here are the high level details of that deal. There will be one-time checks sent to Americans under predetermined income levels, adults will receive $1,200, and children will receive $500. There will be a significant increase in unemployment benefits, including new coverage for gig workers, freelancers, and other types of employees previously not covered. There will also be an increase of unemployment assistance of approximately $600 a week for four months as well. There will be approximately $350 billion for loans to small businesses, which is intended to help keep more Americans on the payroll. There will be around $500 billion in aid that is earmarked to be lent to corporations as part of a bailout effort. The stimulus package has drastically increased in size, basically doubled over the last few days, but the details that we know right now to be directionally positive. This is an impossible task for anyone, including politicians. They're being asked to come up with a highly complex solution for a highly complex problem, but to also do it while hundreds of millions of people are watching. Not to mention that they have to come up with a solution on a frantic timeline because people need help immediately. End quote. The exercise continues to remain difficult because the current situation is so complex. There's a health crisis that is being evaluated based on inaccurate data. No one actually knows how many people have been infected. There are major questions about the death data as well. Either way, that health crisis has led to a government-mandated shutdown of majority of the economy. This reaction has now caused an economic crisis that has seen 30-plus million Americans file for unemployment and thousands of businesses shut down for good. The Democratic Party believes that the situation is so dire that we need another $3 trillion of monetary stimulus to continue mitigating the economic impact. Yes, you read that correctly. If their most recent proposal was approved, there would be more than $5 trillion in stimulus in the last 90 days. This doesn't come as a surprise, as you can see from another tweet in late March where I said, the Fed balance sheet is over 4.6 trillion and growing faster than ever. They're going to need 5 plus trillion to combat this financial crisis. That means the Fed will have to at least double their balance sheet in the coming months. Unbelievable. The government was always underestimating how bad the economic carnage was. They were looking at various data points, but they weren't talking to business owners on the ground. The data points are lagging indicators of the truth. The business owners were and are living it every day. But we get in, before we get into the ramifications of the newest proposal, here's an overview of what is actually in the relief package, uh, the new proposed relief package. Nearly $1 trillion in relief for state and local governments a second round of direct payments of $1,200 per person and up to $6,000 for a household, about $200 billion for hazard pay for essential workers who face heightened health risks during the crisis, $75 billion for coronavirus testing and contact tracing, a key effort to restart businesses, an extension of the $600 per week federal unemployment insurance benefit through January, the provision approved in March is set to expire after July, $175 billion in rent, mortgage, and utility assistance, subsidies and a special Affordable Care Act enrollment period to people who lose their employer-sponsored health coverage, more money for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, including a 15% increase in the maximum benefit, measures designed to buoy small businesses and help help them keep employees on payroll, such as $10 billion in emergency disaster assistance grants and a strengthened employee retention tax credit, money for election safety during the pandemic and provisions to make voting by mail easier and relief for the U.S. Postal Service. Long story short, there are a lot of ways to spend $3 trillion. The Republican Party is already publicly stating that there is no way that this proposal will be approved. The truth is that the package will likely grow in size rather than shrink once the two political parties come to the table to negotiate. The latest $2 trillion stimulus package actually started out as a $1 trillion proposal before it doubled in size for a matter of days. So how should we think about the actual uses of capital in the proposal? I don't actually think it matters. This is all funny money at this point. The U.S. government is creating money out of thin air, and they have no intention of paying attention to the national debt levels. We were on track to run a $1.5 trillion deficit this year, but now it looks like the deficit could be more than $5 trillion if we continue at the current pace. That would be an almost 25% increase in the national debt in a single year. Unreal. The new stimulus proposal has approximately a third of the money going to bail out state and local governments. This is out of a cartoon movie. The government is printing money to bail out the government. Why? Because state and local governments are incredibly poorly run and don't have the financial balance sheets to withstand any sort of stress. Not only is their spending increasing to address the coronavirus and economic impact, but they are also seeing a significant decline in their revenue, taxes, fines, permits, etc. These are unfortunate situations, obviously. They may say more about the inefficient bureaucratic nature of state and local governments pre-pandemic, though. I always ask people, if you took a Fortune 500 CEO and put them in charge of your state or local government, do you think they could do a better job than the current politicians? I have never had someone tell me no. So the idea of printing money to hand to individuals that we know are historically horrendous allocators of capital feels like a weird way of lighting the money on fire. Next, there's an extension of the beefed up unemployment benefits from end of July to January 2021. This additional $600 a week has created a scenario where many people are actually making more money on unemployment than they were at their previous jobs. The explanation for doing this originally was that the program would only last until July. As I stated at the time, it is really hard to give people free money and then take it away from them in the future. This is exactly what is happening right now. Politicians know that it is career suicide to take away benefits from people, especially during a time of crisis. The extension of the additional unemployment payments through the end of the year will actually incentivize many people to not go back to work. This is a delicate balance. People are suffering in the short term. We have to figure out how to help them. They didn't do anything wrong. They went to work every day, worked their asses off, and now find themselves unemployed because of the invisible enemy that shut down the economy. On the other hand, there are serious implications to printing trillions of dollars and giving it to people. The incentive structures change. The capitalistic bent of our markets can disappear or erode. This is why the current job of determining how much stimulus and for who is a nearly impossible job. You can't please everyone. You will most certainly make mistakes. The goal is to make it as few mistakes as possible and try not to be completely incompetent. So, where do we go from here? The government is going to continue printing money and approving stimulus packages. They have no other choice. The people, both individually and through the media, are applying too much pressure. There will be lots of drama around the details, but ultimately the game theory points to one answer. Print trillions of dollars and try to make people feel like you are helping them. The dirty secret, though, is that all of these actions present the mirage of help in the short term, but they will crush the soul of a generation on the back end. It is simply impossible to print trillions of dollars and not see inflation over the long term. That inflation will drive the wealth inequality gap to the largest disparity that it has ever been. The 45% of Americans who can't afford a $500 emergency payment will see their wealth decimated. Welcome to the dark side of quantitative easing. It is the ultimate drug. You get high in the moment but become addicted over time. Just as a drug ravages your body as you use it consistently, quantitative easing ravages the society as it is applied. The short-term economic high feels great. Look at the stock market investors celebrating the recent rally in prices. But the long term impact destroys economies. We have seen this happen over and over again in other parts of the world. The American mindset is that it would never happen here, though. We are too smart. We are too powerful. We can't fall from the top of the world order. But as we know, the greatest enemy in life is always yourself. And right now, we are following the playbook of every great dynasty that has fallen before us. We are devaluing our money at an accelerating pace. We are weakening ourselves economically. If we continue to do this, we will have to pay the price one day. That day may not be today or tomorrow, but it will eventually come. I'm not cheering for this to happen. I wish people would wake up and listen, actually. We can reverse course. We don't have to go down this path. I just don't think that the people who are in charge care about the long term. The average age of our political leaders is much higher than any other time in our history. This isn't about ensuring that our country is strong and sustainable for hundreds of years to come. It is all about getting reelected, going viral online, and having the egotistical satisfaction of having won at the negotiating table. This isn't a time for politics. We are currently engaged in an economic war. We don't need stump speeches and pandering. We need strong leaders who are willing to do the unpopular thing so that our country doesn't shoot itself in the foot. Hopefully those leaders are out there and they're listening. This situation, frankly, sucks. Um, before I let you guys go, I want to quickly talk about uh, I've partnered with uh, Masterworks as well. Uh, Masterworks is a, a business um, that allows anyone to buy into wealthy art. Uh, as you know, the art market is projected to grow over $900 billion by 2026. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and other high profile CEOs have been pumping approximately $65 billion each year into their collections. Why? Art's been one of the best investments of all time, outperforming the S&P by over 180% since 2000 alone, uh, but usually it's reserved for the ultra wealthy. So I'm a huge fan of any time we can d- uh, democratize access to an asset class. Uh, and Art obviously is one of those. So I've partnered with Masterworks. They currently have a 25,000 person wait list. Uh, but if you sign up in the link in the email, uh, you can actually skip the entire wait list. Uh, and get on there and check it out. So go click on that um, and let me know what you guys think. Uh, I wish I had better news today, but I will talk to you guys tomorrow.